morning. What a privilege it is to be here today. I love Pastor Jim and Denise Ryan, don't you? And I love Westover Hills. I, um, I wish that uh, you, you could come to Houston and just uh, take this church and bring it to Houston. What are you saying? We could come to San Antonio. Yeah, that might be difficult to relocate the district to San Antonio, but it's privileged. And I love this church, love the Mussets, I love what God is doing here among us. Uh, it's a privilege to be here today. My wife, Jill, and I um, are, are honored to be here with you. And I uh, want to share a message to the Lord is laid on my heart, and I believe it's relevant for what we're experiencing today. The Scripture says in Isaiah chapter 61, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So much today could be said of this beautiful and this powerful passage, but I want to focus our attention on what we read in verse number one in particular to bind up the brokenhearted. He sent me, he sent us to bind up the brokenhearted. If ever that was a message needed, it's today. And in Luke's gospel chapter four, Jesus is preparing to do something quite significant. Jesus is preparing to make an announcement to the world. This long-awaited promise long-anticipated fulfillment of ancient prophecies, the prophecy that a Messiah was one day coming into the world that would bring hope, that he would remove death. In our crazed, fear-stricken world today, we need a message of hope. Jesus had waited for the perfect opportunity to stand up and make and to make the announcement that the time has come. But notice with me what he does here in the scripture. The Bible says he takes the ancient scroll of Isaiah, and when he began to read, it just seemed like any other day at church. It seemed like just another day in the synagogue. But Jesus begins to read, and it says in verse number 18, he read this, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Does it sound familiar? Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Can you imagine the emotion that filled the room that day? Because no one had ever made such a claim. Because no one had lived who checked all the boxes of messianic prophecy. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. 
He was, he was born of a virgin named Mary. The angels announced his arrival. Jesus lived a sinless life. And he arrives at this place, having been baptized by John in the River Jordan. And he says, today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And he makes the statement, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. This was not only a message that was relevant when Jesus spoke it that day in the synagogue, but can I tell you, it's the most relevant message that can be preached in 2021 because we deal with a society who is brokenhearted. I think everyone here is dealing with something that's heartbreaking. It's the, it's the great disability of our society and our culture in 2021. It's the broken heart that we struggle with today. It's the great significance associated with the heart. You know, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment of all? They thought they were going to stump him that day with the question that maybe somehow he would have to recall in the database of his mind what's the most important. How do you prioritize what the greatest commandment is? How do you come up with, with just one good one? Because he could have said, uh, thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not steal or thou shalt not commit adultery. How do you really weigh out and consider this question? But you notice what Jesus does. He doesn't hesitate, not even for a moment. He doesn't pause to consider his options, but instead Jesus responds, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and him only will you serve. And then the next statement he makes is so significant because he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then he said, the second is like unto the first. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. How many of you believe today Jesus knew what he was talking about? Hello? Because every single command in the Bible falls into one or two categories. Loving God with everything that's within you, and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And can I be honest today? Can we be honest? This is not an easy task. In fact, it's impossible at times to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, and with all of our strength. In fact, it's literally impossible to achieve this monumental goal of loving God with everything that's within us. Why? Because there are, there's everything surrounding us at times that control our hearts especially when you consider the many times that our hearts are broken. You can't do things with a broken heart that involves wholehearted effort. To provide a wholehearted effort to anything, it's impossible to do when your heart is broken. And with all the crazy going on in our world today, you are either dealing today with a broken heart or you're surrounded by someone who is. And it manifests itself in so many different ways. You perhaps have heard someone say, they're just giving a half-hearted effort. That means, or you've said, put your whole heart into it. You're just half-hearted in your effort. Well, the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Double-mindedness comes from broken-heartedness. It's when the heart doesn't function quite right. 
The heart isn't meant to be broken into various categories. All chambers of our heart are to, to be clean and moving in sync. But when a heart is broken, it's unable to accomplish the necessary task. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. In other words, what's inside is eventually going to come out. We've often heard of people who talk out of both sides of their mouths. We meet people who are double-tongued, say one thing to one crowd and something to another crowd. It's because their heart somewhere was broken. We've met people who are two-faced. That means that they're broken-hearted. Somewhere the heart stopped working at full capacity. At one place, there, there was a laceration of the heart, and it left their heart incapable of producing a wholehearted effort. We refer to people at times as hard-hearted, or maybe you've called someone cold-hearted. Uh, that's, that's a reference to death, a paralysis of passion. We often refer to people as warm-hearted. That refers to life. Listen to me today. It doesn't matter if you are yourself or you encounter someone who is hard-hearted or double-tongued or two-faced or hard-hearted or cold-hearted. I've just come here today to tell you Jesus is here to bind up the broken-hearted. I said Jesus is here to bind up the broken-hearted. Jesus specializes in broken hearts. I... Uh, had a friend that told me the story of a man who suffered from a broken heart, from a situation that happened five decades prior when his single mom entrusted to him the care of his little brother as she ran to the grocery store for a few items. The man wasn't interested in babysitting his little brother because he had plans to get involved in a neighborhood basketball game. And the, uh, the, the story goes on to say that he, he eventually went and checked on his little brother, but as time passed, uh, he forgot about him. The train would normally come down the tracks at that time in the afternoon, but this time, instead of it zipping by and the whistle blowing, it came to a screeching halt and all you could hear was the sound of brake. The interrupted players ran toward the noise and found the body of this little boy alongside the tracks. The man recalls when his mother arrived, she literally collapsed and was in total shock. He said, I'll never forget the pain on her face and the sound of her cries as she cradled this little three-year-old boy's body. He said her heart was broken in two when he discovered that his brother had been killed by the train and his mom's wailing and shattered heart was in a million pieces. He knew that he was responsible. And the man said his mom never recovered and he said a little bit of his heart died that day. We don't know what haunts people. We don't know the condemnation that people struggle with. You and I don't know what has broken their heart or why they struggle or why they're constantly on the run. But Jesus said, I have come. I have come. Come on, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. The, the heart specialist, Jesus said, I am here. The kind of heart that I'm speaking to you about today, you won't find on an ultrasound. 
You may go to your computer and Google heart specialists and find some of the very best here in the state of Texas, some pretty smart people that do some pretty good work, but they can't help you with what I'm talking about because it doesn't show up on an echocardiogram. You won't find it on an MRI. You can't place your hands around the kind of heart that I've come to preach to you about today. It's a broken heart that you can't fix. It's a broken heart that you can't see and you can't touch it today. You can't find it, but Jesus stood up in the synagogue on the day that he opened the ancient scroll of Isaiah and he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. I believe what Jesus was saying that day was I want every demoniac to hear me. This day the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I believe that when he made that statement, he wanted every woman with an issue of blood to hear, this day the Spirit is fulfilled in your hearing. I believe he he said, I want every Roman centurion with a servant sick at home to hear me, this day the Spirit. Maybe it happened to you when you were four years old. Some kind of offense that hit you so hard that a blunt force caused the chip of your heart to go flying in every direction. Maybe it happened when you were seven years old and the sweeping laceration of your heart and a piece of your heart went in another direction. Maybe it happened to you on the playground at school because you were bullied by someone who had intentions. Maybe it fell on the living room of your childhood floor when someone who was dealing with their own broken heart said something to you that broke your heart and pieces flew in every direction. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26 says this, I've come to take a stony heart of flesh. I've come to give you a heart of flesh. You know, normally in scripture when flesh is mentioned, it's not mentioned positively. Normally it's dealing with our weakness. But what Jesus is saying here is I want to give you the heart that you were supposed to have. The stony heart means that it was hardened because it kept trying to fix itself. Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. You know, every time you and I become ill, our body kicks in and begins to try to heal itself. And there's a lesson here for the body of Christ that when when there are agencies within the body that begin to heal, that healing uh, immediately, the antibodies kick in and they fight infection. There are cells within the body. You, you, You know where you find the cells that I'm talking about? You find them in the blood. Can I tell you today, there's still power in the blood of Jesus. There's wonder working power in the blood of Jesus. Your heart will try to heal itself, but the unregenerate heart and nature, the fallen nature of man, doesn't know how to. The heart heals itself the wrong way. And when that happens, the result is scar tissue. You know what I'm talking about. Because once you were very trusting, but today you're very suspicious of anybody and everybody. The heart that once was loving now won't take chances anymore. You know what I'm talking about. The heart that was kind and compassionate now has become cynical and complex. You put up a guard. God says, I'm going to deal with the stony, broken heart. I'm going to take that heart out and put in a heart of flesh. In other words, God's saying, I'm going to remove all the scar tissue. I'm going to remove the pain. God wants to do that for somebody here today. He wants to restore to you what you had before the betrayal, before the trust was ever broken. 
before you were violated and wounded, before you were hated, before you were victimized. You say, but Pastor Tim, where do I start? I don't even know where the pieces are. The pieces are scattered. I don't even know where they went. You can go back to the place where you think or you know that it occurred, and you'll never find the pieces of your broken heart because it's not tangible. You could go back to the mulch of the playground. You could go perhaps to the courtroom. You could go back to the hospital room and you'll never find the broken pieces, but I know someone who can today, and his name is Jesus. There's someone who can go to every place that your heart was ever broken because he sees all the pieces. He knows where they all are, and he can pick up every chip. Jill, my wife, is a, she has an addiction to coffee. I'm just telling you. You need to pray for her and Pastor Jim. But Jill, Jill has her favorite. And um, she also has her favorite coffee mug. But I've learned one thing in 38 years of marriage. It depends on the season. It's already fall at our house, by the way. We live in Houston, and it's 100 degrees, but it's fall at our house. And sometime in October, it'll be Christmas at our house. Come on, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. If Jill's favorite coffee mug loses the handle, I probably can fix that. I, I can fix it with Gorilla Glue. So I'm told. And, and all you have to do is just apply a, a little bit of Gorilla Glue and just hold it in place. Maybe you're here today in the service and you feel like quitting. Can I just ask you, hold it. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Be still and know that I'm God. Come on, somebody. Hold it together today. Hold it for your kids. Hold it for your grandkids. Hold it for your family today. I feel like God is putting his hands around somebody today and just saying, hold it. Sometimes it's not the most comfortable when God puts his hands around you and just holds it. You know, if that same coffee mug drops on our tile floor, it shatters sometimes into a bazillion pieces. And isn't it like this? Uh, it is at our house. When that happens, we get the vacuum out. We get the broom out. We find shards of glass up under the cabinet. We find it up under the stove or refrigerator. We've even found it pieces of glass in the other room. Hello? Jesus says, I've come to bind up. I've come to put back together. I want you to know God understands today where every piece of your broken heart has gone. He's gathering it all together. And if you'll allow him to, he will sanctify every memory he will cleanse every thought. He will cast out every fear, and he'll put your heart back together. He'll remove the fake smile, and he'll replace it with genuine joy. Come on, get ready. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm talking about joy today, unspeakable joy. Stand with me across this place, and the prayer team's moving into place. About five years ago, I was standing at our district camp, 
It was just like any other day when a, when a lady approached me and she said, uh, I want to meet you. I introduced myself and she said, I know you, but I want to meet you. She introduced herself. She said, my husband and I are new to South Texas. Our first time to ever be here. And then she made this statement, my husband is a physician and he is unable to attend this event with us. I hope he can in the future. Now, most normal people would ask, where does your husband practice medicine? But what I asked, the next thing that came out of my mouth was, what kind of medicine does your husband practice? Who cares? Why did I need to know that? Except her response was, he's a fertility specialist. And tears began to stream down my face uncontrollably because our kids had just announced to us that bearing children, according to the doctors, was medically impossible. It's not going to happen. You need to prepare yourself for their options. As a dad, can I tell you this? On Grandparents' Day, my heart was broken because I couldn't help. I couldn't do anything. And their heart was breaking in two. The lady said, what did I say? I said, my kids just announced what I told you. She said, we want to help. I said, my kids don't live here. In fact, right now they're en route to South Florida where they're going to be serving on staff at a church. And she began to weep. And she said, we just moved here, Pastor Tim from South Florida. She said, the doctor that helped my husband establish his practice is renowned in the field of fertility. Where do they live? I said, they live in Fort Lauderdale. They're moving to Fort Lauderdale. And she said, his office is in Fort Lauderdale. I said, well, technically, it's kind of like saying I live in Houston, but actually I live in Deer Park. You know what I'm saying. I said, they live in Coral Springs. And she said, his office is actually in Coral Springs. She gave the information. I gave it to our kids, and they said, nope, Dad, we're not doing it. We've been to every doctor in in San Antonio, and we're not going to do it. We refuse. I said, okay, I believe this was a divine appointment. You do with it what you want. Can I just tell you, this is how good God is. Because every day they would leave their house and they would drive to the church that they served. They would have to pass that doctor's office going and coming. (laughs) After several months, they eventually went to see this doctor. And he looked at the information. He said, oh, yeah, with God's help, we can make this happen. They had several embryos that were conceived at the same time, and this was a statement that the doctor made. He said, according to our belief system, your children are the same age, but we'll have them born at different times. And they transferred embryo number one to my daughter, and I have a four-year-old grandson named Kingston that's perfect in every way. In fact, he was, he was here last night. Two months, um, 11 months ago, my daughter said, let's send for embryo number two. That's the same age as Kingston, but wasn't born at that time. 
He sent for the other embryo. They transferred that to my daughter's womb. And sitting here yesterday was my two, almost three-month-old granddaughter, London. I don't know what your need is today. You say, well, that's pretty, pretty intense, Pastor Tim. I, I don't know what your need is. I don't know what's broken your heart today. I'm just here to remind you that Jesus is in the heart-mending business. I want, those, I want to respond in two ways today. I want those who have had their heart broken at one time or another and God strategically placed the pieces back together. I want you to lift your hands with me today and just give thanks to him. Come on, in your own way. You've suffered from a broken heart, but God restored your heart today. Come on, I want, I want there to be a testimony of all around of people who can say, I, I had a heart that was broken, but God came through for me. But I want those who need their hearts mended today. The, uh, the, the prayer team is here. I want you to take a step toward this altar. Come on, in, in the name of Jesus. Come now, in the name of Jesus, because he is no respecter of persons. Come on, those of you who have had your heart mended, I want you to begin to applaud for those that are coming today. He has come to bind up the brokenhearted. He's come. He's come. Now you come to preach deliverance to the captive. He's come. Now you take a step. To set at liberty them that are held captive, he's ready to heal whatever you thought could never be healed. Come on, come on, come on. He's getting ready to bring closure to the things that you never thought were possible. Come in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name right now, release it to him in Jesus' name. This day the scripture is fulfilled. Come on, don't, don't wait for, your, for God to fix your circumstances. Just come and let him heal your heart today. Come on. You're going to have a whole heart when you leave this place, whether your circumstances change or not. You're going to have a whole heart. Well, how do I give God my heart? You just say, Lord, I'm giving it to you today. I'm taking my hands off of it. Give me the strength to turn from what keeps breaking my heart. Come on, you know who you are. You know who you are. And it may not be you today, but you're going to come for someone whose heart is breaking and they so desperately need Jesus to mend their broken heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, do a work that only you can in the hearts and lives of every person here. Thank you, God, that on that day, you made that declaration this day. So let this day, the 12th of September, 2021, be that day for every person here at Westover who needs their heart mended. Because you've come to bind up the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those who are held captive. In the name of Jesus, Lord, replace the hurt, replace the pain today with unspeakable joy. We thank you to do this in Jesus' powerful name. Thank you, God.